0: Hey, everybody, this is Melissa McKenzie and Scott McKay coming at you live or pre-recorded. No, we're not. coming. She's lying.
1: We're not coming live.
0: We're. I'm totally lying from Houston and from somewhere in a bayou in Louisiana. What is this? What is <laughs> this is me giving you crap. So we're going to start with Louisiana. This is, of course, a spectacle podcast with the American Spectator. And we're talking about the news and commentary of the day. And Scott has good news. He's bursting yeah. to share,
1: yeah. well, uh, so, and we've been kind of teasing this on the previous, however many podcasts. But the election cycle in Louisiana that was coming, and I kept telling everybody that this was, you know going to be a really good cycle for Republicans, well, it is. um the uh, the governor's race is over. And of course, we have a jungle primary here, which, if they start talking about doing a jungle primary in your state, stop them, because it's the worst possible way to do things, OK? Um,
0: Worse than ranked choice voting, like they well, have. Well,
1: I don't, even, I don't I mean, even consider that an election.
0: That's a farce, discussion. It in. is a farce, uh, yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, but if you're going to do an actual election, you need party primaries because you need some way to sort the candidates, rather than this kind of Ragnarok type of thing. <laughs> Um, and so we do stupid Ragnarok, and um, it's rare that it produces a, a a good result. But in this case, because things were done to ensure the maximum amount of order within Ragnarok, uh, Jeff Landry, who's the attorney general of the state, has spent the last two terms beating the hell out of the federal government in federal court um, and establishing a really, really good conservative record. Uh, he got 52% of the vote in the primary. He got
0: 52? 15,
1: 15 candidates in the race and he gets 52%. Wow. Not only does he win um, all of the, there's like all of the state, there's seven statewide races in, uh, in, in Louisiana. Not all of them were on the ballot because a couple didn't even have um, uh, opponents. Uh, but of the other races that did, uh, the lieutenant governor, who's kind of a rhino, but he got 66% of the vote. Mm-hmm. And in the attorney general, um, secretary of state, and uh, state treasurer races, uh, the Democrats couldn't get above 32% of the wow. vote in any. All three of those races will go to a runoff. Uh, Liz Merle, who we've had here on the pod- podcast, is the overwhelming favorite to be attorney general. Her opponent only got 23 percent of the vote. Okay, great. Uh, so Liz is going to go in big, 60 percent of the vote or more. Uh, state treasurer is going to be John Fleming, the former congressman and Trump White House deputy deputy chief of staff. He had 44 percent. Another Republican had. 24 percent mm-hmm. uh so like you know he's gonna do probably better better than two to one against the left-wing idiot Democrat that that made the runoff with him um and uh the uh, Secretary of State race was the scary one mm-hmm. uh but Nancy Landry who's a really good conservative former state legislature uh, state legislator who shepherded a lot of school choice legislation through the um the state house uh and is now the first assistant Secretary of State, She's in there against a Democrat who has run like three times before and never got really much above 40%. So Nancy's like golden too. So you're going to have a is full. Is she
0: related state. to Jeff?
1: No, but they're from basically the same area of the state. And if you ever go to anywhere near Lafayette, Louisiana, like every third person is a Landry. So, oh, okay, um, you know, whatever. But um, so uh, anyway, statewide officials it's it's like a complete sweep in Louisiana, or at least it will be on November eighteenth. And in the legislature, Republicans could have as many as seventy three or seventy four out of the hundred and five, uh, with a majority of fifty three or more who are actual conservatives, which in Louisiana is a thing because we have a rhino problem in the state. There will be twenty eight of thirty nine members of the Senate who are Republicans. Mm -hmm. um and of that group in the sense where the rhinos really live but Mm -hmm. it's looking like you could get pretty close to 20 like actual conservatives wow so it is a it is such a complete clean sweep of the democrats in louisiana that like there is no historical precedent for what happened on saturday and it's not even over yet because there's like 18 legislative races and runoffs and I don't think the Democrats will win a single one that isn't like a majority Black district where the runoff is, you know, two Democrats. Yeah, there are a couple races where there's, where there's an R versus a D. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, like, in none of those does the Democrat have much of a chance, except for one which I'm not allowed to talk about. Okay. Um, because there are that we'll talk about that one after it's over mm-hmm. if things work out the right way, and it will be. A really, really, really fun story to tell. Um, But so what's happening now in the aftermath of this utter ass beating that Democrats took in Louisiana Mm -hmm. is that the uh, rich white lady trial lawyer, who is the chair of the state Democrat Party, Mm -hmm. um, is absolutely under assault right now. Mm-hmm. and what's really funny is the leader of the assault is a guy named Devonte Lewis mm-hmm. who is uh, I call him crypto gay and the reason I call him crypto gay is not because I'm like mean the gay people it's because this guy who happens to be gay um ran for the public service commissioner commission which is which is his current political office on, you know, lowering electric rates. Of course, he's a Green New Deal guy, so he didn't actually, wasn't actually honest about how his stuff was going to lower electric rates.
0: Right.
1: But what happened was you had Hurricane Ida come through Louisiana in 2021 and like wasted the power system. Okay. Right. Right. Big giant electrical, you know, power line towers that fell into the Mississippi because of 150 mile an hour winds the whole bit. Right. On top of Biden administration policies, which make everybody's power bill go up so right. in Louisiana you had like a spike in electric rates right last year this guy gets elected with a whole bunch of Soros money pumped into mm-hmm. a you know majority minority district mm-hmm. um, and he's you know I'm going to cut everybody's electric rates and this is all the power company's fault and blah what blah, blah. it's like a well, hurricane did it plus the hur- plus hurricane Biden did it
0: mm-hmm. um, <laughs> right.
1: but he didn't talk about any of that and he certainly didn't talk about the fact that he was gay but mm-hmm. when he won the election that night, out came the press releases. There were like six of them all in a row. Boom, 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 boom.
0: First gay whatever. Exactly. First yeah.
1: gay statewide, openly gay statewide official in Louisiana is like, what you talking about openly? He never right. said a freaking word about that. So I started calling him crypto gay, and it drove him ballistic on Twitter. Called me every name in the book, and I'm like, yes, but at least I'm not crypto gay. Because your thing is, is that you lied about who you right. are. Because your voters would not have voted for you. They would have voted for the other Democrat had they known that you were openly gay. So you were not so openly, openly gay, which makes you crypto gay. He doesn't (laughs) like that. But what he also is, is he is a member of Democratic Socialists of America. Mm -hmm. And now he's going to make a run at Katie Bernhardt, who's the state Democrat party chair. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And she is embattled. And one more thing before I stop talking. So last year, John Kennedy, the, the super quotable senator that everybody really likes, uh, was up for re-election, and Katie Bernhardt and her people went around to every white Democrat politician left in the state, trying to recruit somebody to run against Kennedy, right? Because mm-hmm. it was National Democrat money that would like chase that race, and hey, right. we got to come up with somebody credible. So they talked to all the white Democrat politicians, and there were no takers. Everybody's like, "I'm gonna like, get my ass kicked by Kennedy. I'm like,
0: Yeah, no. Why waste the time? So
1: they ended up running this guy who was an airline pilot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, now, airline pilot is the worst job you can have if you want to run for office.
0: Oh, it's the worst.
1: You live in airport hotels. You don't. You're not actually in the community. You meet no one. You're only there on the weekends, and right. you're in bed the whole time. Right.
0: Right.
1: Like this guy is, you know, like, oh yeah, I want to run. He actually wanted to run for a state representative in 19 Mm -hmm. and they told him, no, you can't win. So then they came and they got this guy said, we're going to run you against Kennedy. He says, oh, okay. What happens then is there was this guy named Gary chambers. Who's another hardcore communist uh, lefty happens to be black. And is like very cognizant of his race. Shall we say mm-hmm. uh, gets super, super, super wee-weed up over the fact that they didn't even go talk to any black people about right. running this race. Mm-hmm. So Chambers says, "Okay, screw you, I'm running." Okay, it's right. the race going away in the primary. Right. Well, Chambers got eighteen, and this airline pilot guy, Luke Mixon, got thirteen, despite oh. the fact that Luke Mixon had the entire backing of the state Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And they fixed the vote at the party convention for the endorsement. When most of the delegates were actually for chambers, Mm -hmm. they rigged it. So, Mm -hmm. like, he had this big whole deal. So, in other words, and this whole thing is about, hey, you know, uh, we we need to run people that the voters of the state would tolerate, right? Because they're Mm -hmm. not going to do this wacko lefty stuff. (laughs) And the Nixon guy gets 13% while Chambers gets 18%. And then they ran uh the, the Sean Wilson, who was the secretary of, of transportation and development, the highway guy in Louisiana. And if you've ever been through Louisiana, you know that the highway guy oh. is never someone who merits a promotion. Never. So this whole thing was laughable. Wilson, right. Wilson's a black Democrat, but he was part of John Bell Edwards's little camp, which is kind mm-hmm. of sort of. They're lefties, but they don't want anybody to know about it. Mm -hmm. So, and he ends up being the worst of both worlds. He only gets 26%. So like they're in a complete state of collapse. It is is popcorn and pudding time here in Louisiana. (laughs) And it is so delicious because they have fallen out amongst each other with the most vicious possible attitudes. And what is going to happen is, first of all, the black Democrats are going to take over the Democrat Party, which they should. There's 62 percent of the registered Democrats in the state. They deserve it. I mean, it's their party and they should they should run it. And this narrative of, yeah, but you got to let us run it because we're the ones who can win and y'all can't. Yeah, you can't win either. So they might as well have the party. So that's Mm -hmm. number one. But number two is. It's not just going to be any black Democrats to take over the party. It's going to be the black communist Democrats to take mm-hmm. over the party. And mm-hmm. let's see how well that works for y'all.
0: Right.
1: Now, one last thing, and I know I'm talking too much, but one last thing. So the pitfall in this is that all of the money that sustained the Democrat Party mm-hmm. now starts to move to the Republicans, Yeah, which is not a good thing. No nope. right? But there's positive news in that regard. So you guys know I run a PAC here. Uh, it's the Louisiana Freedom Caucus PAC. It's associated w- loosely with the House Freedom Caucus in D.C., which built a network of state legislative freedom caucuses. And we're the we're the pack that supports the one here in Louisiana. So we endorsed in thirty nine races. We won twenty two, lost ten. But seven of them are in runoffs. Um, and like some of our core endorsees were the really serious, prominent conservatives mm-hmm. and Democrat money came in for rhino Republicans running mm-hmm. against them. Alan Seabaugh, who's the chair of the Louisiana freedom caucus, uh, who actually we should have on the podcast at some point, because he's, he's a great interview. We actually should do mm-hmm. it. Sebaugh state Senate race. Okay. Sebaugh had, seven hundred thousand dollars spent against him
0: wow in the primary
1: 50, yeah in a, in a, in a, a it was a two-way race but okay. he had seven hundred thousand dollars spent against him he won 54 46 Blake Miguez who if you're you know if you care remember that name because you will you will absolutely one day see Miguez um in in some sort of federal uh race mm-hmm. or maybe run for governor at some point uh blake migas had a half a million dollars spent against him and he got 61 percent of the vote, and that was in a five-way race you uh, know
0: what's gonna happen i'm gonna predict because the same thing happened in texas about 10 years ago so you're gonna have an election coming up where all of those uh, tidy white people who are like moderate democrats if there's any left They're going to wholesale move to the Republican Party. So they have some power because they won't because they won't get be able to get elected and all the money will go to them. Oh, yeah. And then then, everybody knows
1: that. I mean, everybody knows it. Everybody sees it coming. They know that it's a pitfall of shifting to a party primary system, which we're going to do next year. Yeah. We already know it. It's better than the jungle because the jungle is just a mess. I mean, the problem with the jungle is like. It's not a closed primary, so you have the problem of all this money going to the rhinos, Mm -hmm. but you also have the Democrats as part of the electorate. Right, right. So it's like it's worse because if all the money goes to the rhinos in a closed party primary, they still have the problem of the fact that most of the voters are conservative. Right. When you have a jungle, it's a general electorate, and all the
0: money goes. yeah,
1: um, but we managed to overcome that in a whole bunch of these
0: races. More, That's more, fantastic. More races. I mean, that really is fantastic. The, it's, you know, the- it's,
1: yeah, it's game changing. And Louisiana has been a red state for a long time, but it governs mm-hmm. itself as a blue state because we've never really gotten rid of the idiotic Huey Long friggin' you know populist right. socialism. Um, but like, pretty much everybody who got elected is. On the books as saying it's time to completely check, rip all that out and start over.
0: How okay? So how powerful is the governorship in Louisiana? Because in Texas, it's weak, weak, weak.
1: Oh no, no! Louisiana and Texas are totally different animals mm. when it comes to power structure. the The Louisiana governor is about as imperial a governor as you can get.
0: Okay, well that's it good is, news. I mean, it
1: is a dictatorship in mm-hmm. terms of how much power the governor has here.
0: Okay, I mean, it, the thing is is that's great when you have someone like Jeff running things because yeah, um, well,
1: Jeff is Jeff is transformational like Jeff yeah. Jeff is thinking, yeah, I don't like this over here and I don't like that over here and this thing over here that, all that's good. It's like that old the that old meme with the cat knocking everything over mm-hmm.
0: yeah, you know,
1: <laughs> right this thing over here and, like that's right. Jeff, okay, so and but, and I wrote this, this if you if you care about all this and you want to read more. Uh, there's a piece at the American Spectator that popped Tuesday that I that I, I where I kind of detailed all this. He ran an absolutely flawless campaign in terms of there was never a single point, And he got into the race well more than a year ago. Mm-hmm. There was never a single point during that campaign where Jeff was in danger of losing votes in other words not building all the way to that 52 percent that he finished with at the end he never got knocked off his game there was never an attack that was laid on him that did any damage he didn't he didn't i mean he had packs that did attack ads but he never was openly divisive toward the other republicans in the race he didn't even attack sean wilson i mean it was all about it was it was crime it was economic development because Like early on in his career, he'd been the economic development officer for St. Martin Parish and had brought in a couple big companies over there. And he was like, look, I've done this and I know how to do it. And then it was all about like traditional values because they pulled it. They knew that they knew that all of that was going to win. They knew they could get crossover votes, even from black Democrats and so forth on all of those things. And so he stuck to it. Boom, 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 boom. That was it. It was a boring race. But at the end, I mean, nobody had an argument against
0: if he cleans up Louisiana. if he cleans. Cleans up New Orleans if because no, you can't this, clean
1: up New Orleans. New Orleans is finished. But the rest of the state, you know. Well, you I mean,
0: do you really think that New Orleans? Oh, uh, New Orleans
1: is finished. I mean, you can improve it on the margins, but okay. the problem. Look, New Orleans is sixty percent black. The forty percent white in New Orleans is a whole lot of transplants from places like Boston and San Francisco. Right. Right. You can't clean that up because the, the 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 freaking white people in New Orleans are far far more left wing than the black people are.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and it's Soros nonprofits that control that city. I mean, one thousand percent.
0: Maybe they should just you know nuke the bridge from Slidell and just <laughs>
1: well, you know the way you, New
0: Orleans off.
1: <laughs> well, the way you fix it is you surge the state police in New Orleans to fix the crime problem. Yeah that's the way you do it. And then, and then what you probably do is you, you know, you send the attorney general in to go do corruption investigations in that mm-hmm. place, start putting people in jail. Yeah. Then like, you're never going to get conservative governance over there, but right. what you may get is some sense of rule of law. Right. And that's a place to start if you want to rebuild the place.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, is I was just thinking, because there's really no place like new Orleans in yeah. in America. Um, and uh it, there was a time i mean it's never been good but it's never oh, it was been good, good before
1: the civil war
0: <laughs> okay that's I mean, when they built new orleans was y- that y- yes you know what i mean though like in the, the modern era it just it's it's mm-hmm. declined and then katrina killed it and and
1: uh new, new orleans hit its economic like zenith in like the early 50s mm-hmm because, you know, you had an, an enormous amount of industrial development mm-hmm. from, you know, World War II because there were defense contractors that were there because it was close to the port of New Orleans and the Gulf of Mexico and all of that. And, and so and then you had a lot of aerospace in New Orleans. Right. Uh, that was mostly in the 60s. But by the late 70s, mm-hmm. all of that ran out of there. They did an absolutely awful job with the port of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Which had been this—that's the reason that the city was built. And from the port, you had banking, and you had financial services, and you had all these different things. And all of that went away, mm-hmm. largely because it was—you know—the public sector people were like, well, "How much of this can we steal?" Right. Yeah. And it well, is. I mean, it, Orleans, you're,
0: you're it, telling it, the story of Detroit. Detroit. You're telling the yeah, story. No, it
1: is. In, in New Orleans yeah. is Detroit by another by another name. I mean, it right. was a case study in how. Stupid leftist public policy can destroy an economically vibrant city.
0: San Francisco um, is in the same process right now. Yeah. Philadelphia, sure. Chicago, St. Louis, absolutely. Baltimore, Baltimore, you know, um, it's just, it, it. it's,
1: you know, even places where they never really had a lot like Jackson, Mississippi, they've mm-hmm. completely destroyed. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean it's it's look, it's the same story it happens over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and at some point all of these places are going to have to hit rock bottom. Um yeah. and you know, it's like when a place is totally depopulated and then you get a bunch mm-hmm. of people like, "Okay, now if we roll a couple billion dollars back in here, we may have a, an investment opportunity that works out."
0: Maybe. But- and it, you know, the thing is the pro- you know what the problem is for these cities now is they they were complete hogs at the public trough, you know, with all the federal dollars and everything. But now people can work from anywhere. They can work from a farmhouse out in the middle of the sticks and do their job. And it just, so all of the, you know, um, you kill the vibrancy of a city like that. And then you lose, you know, have the brain drain and then um, you, you don't deal with crime. now, now, Now
1: you're a sewer. Right, yeah, and the street sure. criminals run the place, so there's no yeah. commerce at all,
0: yeah. and the
1: commerce moves to the suburbs and the exurbs and online, right? Um, and then all you know, like the, then there's no more economic rationale for a place where everybody's right. miserable, and they all just move away.
0: Yeah,
1: but oh, you, you know, know, when they all just move away, it's like the forest fire that actually spurs the regrowth because now you got right. cheap land and mm-hmm. infrastructure that's already in place, and so that's people start wanting to build nice things, but but when you've run your city completely into the ground like that the money's not going to come back until the state comes in and says okay now we're going to do different political subdivisions here because what destroyed this place can't be allowed to continue so now instead of the city of detroit maybe we're going to start cleaving off land and build new jurisdictions that can govern themselves without having to deal with the idiots at city hall in detroit that who you know caused the blight in the first place
0: yeah, the problem with that is, is that you know one of the things that I've seen with and I, you know the city that I know more or in the state I know more is Michigan. Haven't grown up there is that is that uh, they don't change the tax base. So like, right. it, as everybody leaves, it becomes a more desperate desperate situation because they're not getting private industry and they're not having you know like corporate tax money and that sort of thing. And they, oh. and so then. But uh, they get more desperate to pay for public services. And so they don't but kill they, but they they don't. The, the right,
1: money right. comes from the feds. Right. Federal grants is what replaces the tax base. So there's no, okay, all right, fine. The, the party's over. We've now got to start governing ourselves the way the right, are right. You Right. You never get that because it's more and more federal dollars. I blame Republicans for that. Yeah, you know they yeah. just okay. Well, you know the city, you, know, you got to keep the city vibrant. So yeah, let's make sure we earmark. Them. No, you need tough love. Yeah. right. You need to take that money away, and you say, all right, straighten up and fly right. 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 Either that, or you go completely bankrupt, and the state comes in and takes you over, which right. is what needs to happen because these are places that can't govern themselves anymore. So they need to be governed by the state, yeah. and Rep- Republicans do not have the stones at present to do that. But the time is coming when there will be no choice. Yeah. And like, you know, I go back to the example last year that we talked about was, you know, the water system in Jackson that they completely destroyed through inattention and incompetence. right? And the feds were going to give them $800 million to fix it. And take Tate Reeves, the Republican governor of Mississippi, was like, no, 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 no. You're not getting that money, right? And so they redid the water system into a regional thing that included the suburbs and right. the suburbs run it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the people in Jack. oh, that's terrible. And it's racist. And it's this It's like, no, it's water. It's a water system that you can't run. And so somebody right. else has to run it because it won't be run successfully. If we let you do it, you've already proven how well you can run a water system, mm-hmm. which wasn't good. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, they're still fighting over that. But that is the model, which is, OK, here is a civic function that you have proven you cannot handle. And mm-hmm. so it will be taken over. And when the federal money comes, it comes to someone else so that you are not rewarded for your incompetence. Right. And the hey, minute hey. that Republicans decide, OK, this is how we're going to do things going forward. Everything changes because you are your perverse incentives are now gone. Right. And it's, hey, you know what? We have to run this city competently. Because if we don't, it's going to go to hell. And then we're not going to get the money to bail it out. Right, We're going to enrich the Republicans who are going to hire their, you know, their private contractor friends who actually know how to run things. They're going to get all the money and we get shit. And right. when those guys realize that, they go, oh, maybe we have to hire competent people instead of my brother-in-law. Right. So... Yeah. You know, like the old thing about Democrat machine politics was that you did have to actually run the civic functions of the city. You had to actually run those. Maybe not right. run them great, but they
0: had to be functional. No, that I mean, and the thing is, them. yeah, they right, they lost it. I, you know, there's some other good news besides Louisiana. It, it just occurred to me while you were talking is that the in New Zealand they had elections and literally every single one of the people who was in office under Ardern or whatever oh, her name is. Wacko, yeah. Wacko. Right. Like She's just a complete psycho- psychopath. Yeah. yeah they ha- now have the most conservative libertarian governance right. they've ever had in the history of New Zealand. I'm so excited. Um, And the guy who's running the show over there is a good guy. And Hey, maybe sanity is returning to this world. If that's any indication, I can't remember. There's a couple other countries that are also, um, you know, have brought in conservatives, and not just. I mean, the the people of these countries are wholly rejecting, yeah, this totalitarian stuff. It's got to be, you know, for all the money, the Soroses and the Google and and all of the, you know. Um, nut bar, one New World Order types um, have pumped into the system. The people are just utterly rejecting yeah. it.
1: People have never liked that. And, and the thing is, is you, they just need to have some inspiration and hope that, hey, this is not inevitable, you know. And it's like, no, it's not inevitable, and it's up to you. What do you want to do? And they're like, well, what I want to do is to get rid of these idiots. Right. You know? Well, and
0: another positive thing—I can't believe I'm being this positive, Scott.
1: I mean, I mean, come on, Pollyanna, Melissa, let's hear it.
0: Pollyanna, Melissa here. Two only two percent of Americans have gotten the latest COVID shot. Yep. <laughs> I'm like yeah. dying. So, like, um, I don't know. Probably, you know, probably those two percent of people work in the medical industry and are being forced to get these stupid shots. Um,
1: I, I'm okay. sure. If it's that little, it's the people who are compelled to take it, and that's it.
0: That's it. And yeah, so, nobody wants that. Uh, and, you know, Ace said something interesting, Ace of Spades is who I'm referring to today, and he's he basically just said that the, the, you know, liberals come into these institutions, eat it from the inside, wear it as a skin suit, and finally the skin suit peels open and reveals the, you know, the right. monster underneath. And that's what's happened to the medical industry, and now, you know, like they're they are finding that this, um, the research on the sars cov virus, they're finding that um, that it was engineered, not just in Wuhan, but in a lab in Colorado. And then it, they think it was sent for further development over to Wuhan. And um, they, no, It really is
1: Fauci's virus, is what you're it
0: saying? It is. No, it's yeah. totally Fauci's virus. And he funded it because, and I didn't know this. Till today, that the funding is retroactive. So, for example, they do the research, then they apply for grants to pay for the research that they did. Right. Yeah, so somebody it, loans them
1: the money in advance of the grant.
0: Right, exactly, and so they knew. So they knew what they just funded. So you know, a lot, Fauci just lied about everything, and it is Fauci's virus. And the thing is, is um, they were they were having problems. At the time that all of this started, even here in the United States, and so there's some question about whether how this all, you know, got released and what exactly they were doing, sending this virus over to, and it was a back Chinese
1: <laughs> bioweapons lab,
0: right? Over. Exactly, the it was a, a corona, back coronavirus that would not infect American, you know, humans well, Americans humans. Until they did this one cleavage site, right. and and then it became easily transmissible about, amongst humans. So, so clear
1: was, gain of function, you're saying?
0: Clearly gain of function. Right. And so, like, but the, you know, people are, American people at least are like, screw this, I'm not getting another one of these stupid vaccines that don't even work. right. And yeah. so you well, know so, you know
1: like who chooses myocarditis when that's like right <laughs> the only possible uh you know outcome of of this thing cuz being safe from covid is not apparently among those choices
0: right well and another thing too is one of the discussions they're having is that um about the and the medical uh field because of how, all the things they screwed up during covid like the big spike in death at the beginning because of how they were putting people on their back and intubating them and making everything worse. And, and, and how the incentive, speaking of perverse incentives, if you Mm. intubated somebody, you got $25,000. If you treated them with something, you know, prophylactically and sent them on their way, you didn't get any money at all. So of course all the incentives were to do the exact worst thing. Which is why they sent them to you know old folks homes because they got you know seven to ten thousand dollars per day or something insane to right. take these people. Anyway, but they're they are having there is a a spike right now right now in um deaths the the mortality rate is spiking and so people are saying well what is the spike from and there's more cancers, some people are saying, well, it's mental health, which also would would blame the medical establishment because of the shutdowns, so people lost their minds, so people are killing themselves, but it shouldn't be happening, because all of the, in a pandemic, the vulnerable die, Right. the old and the sickly, and the autoimmune people and the immune deficiency people die. that's,
1: that's, That's who it takes, yeah.
0: So the mortality rate usually in the past historical times drops after a pandemic because the healthy people left over are healthy, yeah. but that's not happening. No. So what's happening is there is a continued increase in cancers and everything else and heart disease and all kinds of inflammatory disease mm-hmm. that continue to, you know, killing off healthy people who should not be dying. Yeah. And and no one is willing to look at that, this,
1: right.
0: And so like, and they're seeing it everywhere, you know, like I, I have a family friend who a, um, aunt two two aunts, a grandma and an aunt, um, sisters, and then a daughter all within weeks were diagnosed with breast cancer and all at stage four. Like they go into the, and this is what's happening is people are going into the doctor and people are saying, oh, they delayed, delayed. No, they're going in at the first symptom they have and they're being diagnosed. not was stage one or stage two,
1: right. but
0: stage four. This they hadn't been to the happened. doctor in three years. Well, but maybe they have. I don't think, I think we say that, but I think that what's happening is that the cancers and at least from what I hear and I've been in the hospital a lot over the last year is that they're seeing people come in um with their first symptom and it's advanced way further than it should be for what the symptom is if that makes sense
1: so what are we saying here that immune systems are collapsing
0: yeah that the immune system isn't fighting at all and so by and and so like What would normally take months to progress is taking weeks from onset. And so that is completely changing the face of a lot of very survivable cancers are no longer, it's not no longer given that the treatment can even get on board in time to affect the problems that they're seeing because it's accelerating so quickly. So anyway, but nobody's really talking about any of this. And, um,
1: I mean, you know, they're going to talk about it soon because at some point those numbers, I mean, if it, if this continues to progress, I mean, at some point those numbers are, and look, and if the answer is, oh, well, let's go see what Pfizer has. Right. And so we'll just, we'll come up with another drug that we're going to give you guys, which is the way that's going to be
0: they uh, the the in this is something that's making me crazy right now they've come up with this new drug to deal with myocarditis as if this was a problem before right. the stupid vaccine right. it's not like young kids were running around with myocarditis before right. this happened all right real quick Israel and Hamas total propaganda war now it yep. looks like you know now the um you know the bombing of the hospital or whatever looks like it was a hamas rocket that you know where and they hit their own thing because it didn't you know 40 percent of their rockets whatever but but already all of the major american news sources have uh, uh, reported it as a bomb from israel
1: same same as always same right as always. the minute, the minute that israel begins to win
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: atrocity atrocity atrocity
0: yeah
1: and it's like well, you're not even covering the war in Ukraine anymore. So no, I know.
0: Isn't that amazing? You
1: just want all of our money to keep fighting it. But, mm-hmm. like, if you really want to see some blood and gore, mm-hmm. why don't you go put some people in Ukraine and you can see what's going on? Because that's like a half a million people that, that are dead, right? I mean,
0: well, how about Azerbaijan and Armenia? Sure. Genocide has been going on. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, but look, look believe
1: me. There's, I mean, Nigeria and all these places in West Africa where it's the Muslims against the uh, against everybody else and these revolutions. Like, yeah, you can find plenty, plenty, plenty of atrocities if you want to look for them, and they don't. But let the Israelis be in a situation where they're actually going to win a war right. and make it so that that war doesn't continue to have you know recur again and again and again. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's a, you know, a human rights catastrophe. And it's like, well, why wasn't that music festival a human rights catastrophe?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Like you didn't give a damn about that. You said, Oh, it's terrible what they did. It's like, no, no. The people that did it have been talking about doing it for years and you said nothing. Okay. okay so so it's it- like, It's like, I mean, Any common sense human being would look at this and say, well, when you do that to those people, they're going to come back and they're going to freaking really hurt you. And you know what? We shouldn't have any sympathy for you that you got really hurt when you started a war that you were in no position to win for the purposes of a propaganda offensive when you started to lose the war. Right. Right. And this is like your whole thing. You're not not even...
0: Iran though is saying that they're. Did you see today that they are? Iran is gonna. You know, like good things are happening. We're gonna wipe Israel off the map. Like that was today. <sighs>
1: you know, and of course Iran has a spy ring within the Biden administration.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I mean, you know, with the way for them talking like that, and what did what did Biden say before they Iran said this last thing? Shh, be careful so this was careful right good things that are happening will wipe israel off the map that doesn't sound very careful to me so what does joe biden do
0: takes a nap
1: after he's already freed up six billion dollars to fund this whole thing mm-hmm. right yeah. but look i have three things to say about that let israel win let him win get out of the way keep everybody else out of the way let israel win when the when the israelis are done And they've, you know, like, okay, that's it. This is, we've fulfilled our aims in Gaza. We'll pull out or we'll keep the territory we've had or whatever it is that they decide to do. Mm -hmm. And it should be Israel's call. The other thing is this, and this has to do, and I don't know, we probably don't have time to get into the whole speaker thing because I heard Chip Roy on Hannity uh, just before I came onto Mm -hmm. this thing. And he was talking about the people standing in Jim Jordan's way of getting to the speakership. Are all he said this is war and money that 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 are standing in the way because it's all appropriators and armed services people. Mm. And these are the guys who are like rushing to go like we need to fund Israel. Right. The thing is, is that Israel doesn't need our money. No. What Israel needs is our diplomatic cover to war. go finish right. the war with the weapons and personnel they already have. We don't have to send them any more war material. We don't have to do any of that. You know, Raytheon does not have to make a fortune off of the israel right. last war. They've already made it because Israel stocked right, up. But, it right, exactly.
0: Yeah. So it's
1: all good. Just get out of the way. And yet right. these guys are like, "Well, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want Jordan because Jordan might not actually be up for lots more defense spending
0: because he's not neocon."
1: Right. He's not neocon enough. And so they want to stay. It's like, well, how long are you going to wait for a speaker? Because, by the way, somebody's got to lose. And here's the thing, Jim Jordan. And believe me, I was happy with Steve Scalise because I know him. Okay, Mm I mean, like, call me crazy. I actually (laughs) thought it was pretty cool to know the speaker of the House. And so I was willing to give him a shot. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Jim Jordan is what Republican voters want. Yeah, it's what we want. We want a guy who fights and wins.
0: That's well, that's, a, that's the thing. I've actually fight. met, I've met Jim Jordan and, and his wife, actually. And um, I think he might have the temperament, you know, in another time, I would say he doesn't have the temperament to be a speaker. But I think yeah, in this time, for this time, for this time, I yes. think he has exactly what is necessary. Yeah. The Republicans need to just get off their butts and let it happen. I,
1: it sounds like a lot of it was as of us having this this uh, put you know doing this this show it was like 20 people uh mm-hmm. who were the holdouts right most of whom are not the most rock ribbed people uh um,
0: shocker yeah, yeah, i saw the list so, I, there were two texans down there and i want to find out the, those two guys can be primaried i'm just like Enough of this bull crap. This has got to just get done. And who's going to be better? Like, the thing, who else are you going to get?
1: Well, then the next guy up would be Mike Johnson, mm-hmm. um, who's another guy I know. And I love Mike Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that Mike, I think Mike actually could be a consensus guy. I know he has people in the Freedom Caucus that don't like him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know whether that's like, uh, you know, never Mike type of thing.
0: Eric Erickson was saying that he heard from someone, and I can imagine who he heard from, so I'm not going to say, but um, that basically some of the holdouts voting for Jordan is that we don't want to reward hostage takers. And I was like, give me a freaking break. This is politics.
1: They, they've been rewarding hostage takers of one stripe or another for years.
0: Well, exactly. Explain to me, the, oh, the Democrats aren't you, hostage you, takers? You
1: reward Planned Parenthood by funding them every freaking Congress.
0: Exactly. It's just, I'm- Like, I they're not hostage takers? Give me a break. I, don't, I mean, yeah. you
1: know, those are none of those arguments are any good. It's all petulant. Now, yeah. you could say that the people that wouldn't vote for Scalise are petulant okay and i like
0: that's yeah, fine scalise, Scal- here's my thing about scalise i don't think he's healthy enough and i no. don't think he should have ran and,
1: and, and maybe that, and maybe and, that's I, right. and
0: i like scalise by the way so and I,
1: look, look and i'm not even going to weigh in on that because you might be right about that um but you know the answer to that is hey two wrongs don't make a right do you think that jim jordan is incompetent to run the office of speaker because here's the thing They've made the Speaker of the House into a position that it is not. Mm-hmm. The Speaker is the person who handles the process of the House. Right. Okay. He's the one that moves legislation along or kills it. He's the one who handles the rules. He's the one who handles committee assignments and those right. kinds of things. All right. The majority leader is the one who is the leader of the House from the or the caucus. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. So, like, in other words, Scalise would be the guy who would handle your policy stuff and complaints that you have about those things should go to Scalise. And if he doesn't address those, then you have to run him off. But the speaker has to be someone who is competent to move the bills that need to be moved. And that's the reason why I wasn't upset about McCarthy getting run off, because those 12 appropriation bills did not move on time. And the promise that he made to all of his detractors at the very beginning was that he would do regular order. Well, he He failed
0: failed in that. And and, And so however painful all
1: of this is, it is consequences for failure, which in American politics is a lost art.
0: Exactly, thank you. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and if they've reclaimed it, okay, whether it's Jim Jordan or somebody else, then that's a good thing. And the yeah. next guy knows, hey, I can't actually screw this up because they're not going to tolerate it. Right. Wow. It what if we stop tolerating failure in the public sector in this country?
0: It would be a miracle.
1: I It would be a miracle. Nobody would believe that we actually did it. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so I like, I'm, you know, I can put up with all of this. I think you're getting to the end game, all right? Like It's time to pick a speaker. And frankly, Jim Jordan is a guy who's a lot more responsive to the voting base of the Republican Party, which has not been given anywhere near the respect it deserves by the politicians in the Republican Party. And so as a matter of principle, yes, he needs to be the speaker and let's get this
0: done. Uh, You know, the thing is, it would be nice for the base to be able to trust the person in charge. And I think there is a... A Melissa, foundation of trust
1: there. what if you had a Republican party that listened to and uh-huh. did the things that it vote its voters wanted and the voters actually trusted it's the political class within the party to fight for them. Oh, if so you funny. had such a party, mm-hmm. it would carry sixty percent of the vote. <laughs> what? It would beat, it would do, and this is how we can close the show. It would do to the Democrat Party in America what has been done to the Democrat Party in Louisiana.
0: Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, uh, so that's like, all
1: I got. I don't, I can't drop this mic, but if I could, I would absolutely forget. I it.
0: think it's been dropped. All right. Well, thank you all for listening today. the The um, let's just hope that all this optimism actually. Comes and is fulfilled in the next couple of weeks. We'll just see what happens here. And the I really do think that the speaker thing's going to get figured out. And I think it's going to be Jordan, but we'll see. Um, uh,
1: you give me Jim Jordan and Jeff Landry, and I'm going to call it a good week.
0: It's gonna, yeah, it's a great week. And um, you know, when when you were saying about following the will of the people, I don't even care about that. Just do what your party platform says. If the Republicans actually enacted policies that were in alignment with what they pre- profess to believe in, they would not you know, all those independents who used to be Republicans they yeah. would actually win people back. Yeah. So, you know, let's hope that happens. Alright, thanks for everybody everybody for listening today. Uh, you can find us, of course, it's at spectator.org or spectator.org and um, you can find Scott at reviver.com and hayride.com he knows everything about louisiana Yep. you know i'm thinking with all your louisiana talk we need to start going around to the various states because there's a there's a scott mckay in almost every state oh absolutely and and just and do a pre uh 2024 kind of predictive game analysis Mm
1: -hmm.
0: with nevada with wisconsin michigan Pennsylvania all of them and have a deep dive into all the all those all those states and and our friends who are you know local experts and have them on to discuss this exact kind of thing yeah no, In anticipation of the thing, presidential yeah. so sure. expect that everybody we'll start doing that and setting that up um between Scott and I we know you know all, all our um you know the same type of people as us who are complete weirdos into this political political realm. There's somebody like us in every single state. Right. God bless them, and uh, we'll talk to them, and uh, then you'll know what you know, kind of what to expect. Right now, like for example, I've got a friend in Nevada, and she said that, like you know, the Nevada GOP. I don't know if you know about this, and this is something we can talk about later but they they have messed up laws. And so they have a primary system and a caucus system. And so some of the candidates um, are signing up for the caucus and right. some are signing up for the primary. It's just bizarre. And so like- it's you
1: It's know, like an NCAA tournament in NIT. That yeah. you Like, can you win a national championship through the NIT or can you not? I don't understand.
0: Right, exactly. So it's like crazy town over there. Um, And, of course, it's the GOP messing everything up as per usual. And so, anyway, there's all that kind of stuff that people need to know about um, and that we'll talk to about, talk to them all about. So, all right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Catch us next week when we'll start getting on that program and getting you educated about what's happening in all the states. Thanks, Scott. It's good Mm -hmm. to talk to you today. And uh, we'll see you.